Okay, hey, pause right there. So what do we see? It says that the that the angel of the Lord appeared in the midst of the bush. The angel of the Lord. This is really important because scholars debate on this. You guys, I did my I did my college capstone on this, and I got the New Testament scholars that I learned from and the Old Testament scholars to argue in my presentation. It was awesome. Mm. New Testament was like, this is Jesus. Old Testament, some of them were like, this isn't Jesus. We can't say that for sure. Mm. And they're arguing over this. Is the angel of the Lord Jesus was the question. Mm. Well, God is speaking from the midst of the bush. It says that God said, and it says that the angel of the Lord stood in the midst of the bush. Mm. So there's things that were going, okay, this is seems like Jesus. It's significant, right? And then what does he go on to say? He goes, take off your shoes, bro. It's holy ground. Mm -hmm. So why, I'm pointing out all this so you guys can start to look for these things when you're reading scripture. When you're reading the word, this is relevant to your heart mm -hmm. today. When he reveals just a little bit more about who himself is mm -hmm. and how he appears, it can ignite your heart. When I started reading and studying all this, I went, oh my gosh. Mm. I don't even understand why this is touching me. Mm. But it is. What is this mystery I need to know about? Mm -hmm. And then, Amy, can you read yours? Okay, Genesis 16. Where do I start again? 7 through 14. Okay, now the angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness, by the spring on the way to shore. And he said, Hagar, Sarah's maid, where have you come from and where are you going? She said, I am fleeing from the presence of my mistress, Sarai. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit yourself under her hand. Then the angel of the Lord said to her, I will multiply your descendants exceedingly so that they shall not be counted for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you are with child and you shall bear a son. You shall call his name Ishmael, because the Lord has heard your affliction. He shall be a wild man. His hand shall be against every man, and every man's hand against him. And he shall dwell in the presence of all his brethren. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees. For she said, Have I also here seen him who sees me? <laughs> Therefore, the well was called Beer Lahai Roy. Observe, it is between Kadesh and Bered. So Hagar bore Abram a son, and Abram named his son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Perfect, that's good. So you are a God of seeing, and mm. truly here I have seen him mm. who sees me. Mm. That's just beautiful. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just beautiful. And then it says this, which is really interesting it, when Amy was reading it, it stuck out to me. It says that the angel of the Lord said, I will <coughs> give you um, descendants. Mm -hmm. I will multiply your descendants. Mm -hmm. If it were just an angel, you know, it needs to be noted here that the angel was speaking with the authority of God. Mm -hmm. Right. So go to Colossians chapter 1, mm -hmm. verse 15. I'm just going to read it. It says this. How do I know it's Jesus? It says, for he is the image of the invisible God, mm. the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible. Okay, I'm going to stop there. Isn't it interesting that most of these verses that we talk about, 
What was Jesus approaching these women about? Babies. Mm. Firstborns. Mm. And this is so interesting, Colossians 1. He is the image of the invisible God. Well, boom, it's done for me. If, mm. That's Jesus' job description is to be the image of the Father. Mm. He is to show up and, and show out. Mm. And that's who we see. That's how I know based on this New Testament verse yeah. that when God appears to someone it's this. You want to hear something really crazy? Mm -hmm. The Aramaic word which is memra memra of the Lord or word of the Lord mm -hmm. is the same word that's used in John 1, 1 which says in the beginning was the word and the word was God. And if you look at the Aramaic version of the Old Testament, anytime there's an appearance of the angel of the Lord, the word memra is there often. Mm -hmm. Because the Lord, Jesus, the word, was bringing a word to someone. What were all of these about? He was bringing a message mm -hmm. to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So John, in his divine revelation, writes, in the beginning was the word. And the Word was God. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. Mm. And all things were created for Him and by Him and through Him. Mm. But we, what? You know, like, does this excite you? I don't know, maybe I'm just nerding out right now, but you guys have been talking about this since, uh, you know, it's been since 2015, 2016. And when I talk about this, my heart is like burning. Because I just think about how true the scripture is all the way through. And it's so beautifully written and mysterious, and yet it's so clear and true when we look at one verse in Colossians 1.15 and John 1.1. 1, 1. And you look at a different language and you start to look at this and you go, what is happening? What is this grand story that I'm a part of? So... Let's look at Colossians 1. The reason I'm talking about this is because we need to know who Jesus is, and he has always been. But Colossians 1, I think, is a really good description of who Jesus is. And are we good on time, Amy? Mm -hmm. a little bit over. Yeah, no, you're good. Okay. It says, he is the image. I'm going to just read it. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that all things he may have the preeminence. So let's break this down, okay? He is the image of the invisible God. First, he's the firstborn over all creation. But this is what really gets to me. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on the earth and here's a really wild thing that are visible and invisible mm -hmm. and that are on earth so whether those are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers all things were created through him and for him mm -hmm. so you guys know um, Thanos yes Thanos and uh, the Avengers and all that. You know, there's all these different worlds and galaxies and stuff. This isn't biblical, but <laughs> we don't know what's really out there. Yeah. Yeah. 
we're on a need-to-know basis. Mm. <laughs> we know as much as we need to know to get to the next level. Mm. That's the way I look at it. Mm -hmm. But let's put it this way. All the stones that Thanos gets for the glove, right? He holds all the power. Yes, everybody with me? <laughs> like, what are the stones? Does anyone know? Space, time, uh, infinity, power, power. Okay, right. All of the stones, right? And if he if he gets these stones, if somehow loser Thanos gets all of his stones in his glove and he snaps his finger, he can finally do what he needs to do. Jesus, you guys, Jesus breathed those types of stones into him. Jesus is like, if we were to look at it in that kind of lens just for fun, mm -hmm. Jesus would be the one to be like, oh, you need an infinity stone? Mm -hmm. Like, if Thanos were real and there's all these galaxies and this and that, like, Thanos would have to answer to Jesus. <laughs> like, Jesus is known in the realms and powers and principalities and thrones and dominions. It says it right here. He's known throughout all that was made because he created everything through him and for him mm -hmm. beyond what we know here. Mm -hmm. You guys see how big this is? Mm -hmm. We don't know if there's other life out there. I'm doing that to just probe you a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't just about, yeah, I'm just trying to live right. Mm -hmm. You know, follow Jesus. I think he did a pretty good job while he was here. He gets my vote. That's what most culture looks at Jesus and goes, yeah, and they miss this. They miss that all things were created through him and for him, that all dominions, seen and unseen, everything recognizes who the sheriff in town is. Mm -hmm. It's him. Mm -hmm. Nothing passes in front of him or beyond him without him seeing it first. Mm -hmm. So I always joke with my dad about Captain Marvel. You know, she's like, she's like taking care of like 10,000 other worlds, right? <laughs> We're like, can you just come help with Earth? We need you for Earth. And she's like, guys, you got to handle Earth. I'm going to about four other worlds that are about to, you know, go down. <laughs> I just laugh about that because I, I think about Jesus. I go, Jesus, it's not hard work for you to hold all of this in the palm of your hand. Mm -hmm. And you knock on my door. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, let's take it further. Mm -hmm. We have to know him as crucified. Think about this beautiful, perfect, kind man, full of power. I mean, when you think about him, he created angels just to look at him. What are those called? Seraphim, right? Are those the ones of fire? What are the ones with eyes? Seraphim, I think. Yeah? They have eyes all over the scripture, says, like probably in their armpit. So that no matter how they're, pro think about this, this is crazy. They're probably up there dancing and worshiping him. And they have eyes all over because they were only made to just look at him because God said it'd be right that you'd admire my beauty. Mm -hmm. He goes, I'm going to make an angel that just looks at me because I'm so beautiful it ought to happen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so you start to think about this and Jesus enjoyed not just that but perfect love with the Father and the Spirit perfect love I mean laughter joy you ever laugh so hard with your friends late at night or whatever that your belly's hurting and it's the best thing ever you're like I don't want to be anywhere else this is this is bliss this is beautiful mm -hmm. 
Jesus enjoyed that level of joy with the Father. Like there's the things that we enjoy with each other, he experienced at the maximum level with the Father. So you start to think about this person, all power, all creative ability, glorified, worship night and day, perfect. And he puts on pimply, gross, Clark Kent skin. Not only does he deal with pimples and tummy aches, but then he goes and he dies in our place a mocking death, a criminal's death. He was the highest of highs. He is the highest of highs. He holds all things in his hands, and yet he comes here, and for you and I, he goes, I'm going to lay it all down. That is who you have pursuing you. Jesus is the most wonderful, kind, gentle, patient, all-powerful. Like, you can't come up with enough good descriptions for the guy. But you know how Jesus describes his heart? One time he describes his heart in all 89 chapters of the gospel. Gentle and lowly. Think about that. You let's put you in Jesus' shoes. You are the mystery fulfilled. You're full of glory. You lack nothing. You've been worshipped for who knows how many years by created angels and things. And you made everything that everyone marvels at by the by a word you spoke. And yet here you are taking up this skin resonance like mm-hmm. like and then you you stand before us and you get to describe your heart in one way and you know what he doesn't say he doesn't say I'm all powerful worship me he doesn't say my heart's wonderful and you better worship me because if not I'll wipe you out he goes no all of you come to me I'm gentle and I'm lowly in heart We should probably sit with them though. What? If you were given all power and created all things, praise God that that's not how this thing went, right? For me, I'm glad I don't have all power. If you gave me all power, I'd be all corrupt. Right? What's that quote? All, um, all power corrupts absolutely. When, some, when a human being is given power, you guys, it just shows what was already there. It's just like turning the lights on in a dirty room when you give power to us. Jesus had all power. It was given to him. All authority was given to him by the Father. And yet, when he's going to the cross, what does he do the night before he goes to the cross? He's given all authority. He actually tells his disciples, all authority was given to me by my Father, and I'm going to wash your feet on my last night. I'm going to wash the feet of the guys betraying me. How secure and and wonderful and beautiful is that picture of this man? So the answer is, why is Jesus worthy? It's because he was given all power, all authority, and he wasn't corrupted by it. There's no other person in history 
who could be handed the keys of all power and not be corrupted by it and actually lay it down and die. But Jesus, Jesus did. So you know what wakes me up in the morning to go pray or convinces me to obey when I want to be rebellious? Or it's the fact that Jesus in all his splendor approached me when he didn't have to out of his generous heart so that I could enjoy true love with him. Mm -hmm. Like when you feel the most unlovable, that's the time to cash in on God's love. Because mm -hmm. that to me is when it's most true. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? I've just had those thoughts recently. Lord, I'm totally a mess. I've totally busted. I broke. I'm broken. I'm, I've failed. I've hurt other people. There's no way you could love me. He goes, my love is so much bigger than your little issues. Would you just receive my love from me, please? He goes, that's exactly what the story is going to be told. It's going to be, how could love overcome this? And I think about that often, and my heart is undone because I'm not deserving of it. But that's the point. That's really the point. Instead of trying to convince ourselves that we're worthy to receive his love, we should just really just go, I'm not worthy, but I get your love. Mm. Oh, that's how good this is? Mm. That's just really how good it is. Mm -hmm. So Jesus is worthy because he was given all power and wasn't corrupted by it. Mm. He is at the highest level of power and also operates in the most humility. Mm. He lacks no meekness, and he lacks no confidence. Mm. It's wild. Mm -hmm. There's one thing I want to talk about with him as the great intercessor. Can we do that really quick? Mm -hmm. And then I'll open it up for any questions you guys have. Okay. Hebrews 7, 24 through 25 says, But he, because he continues forever, has an unchangeable priesthood. Therefore, he is also able to save you to the uttermost, or those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. So I had this wild thought, and I think it's a revelation. Okay? Jesus, the reason you and I got saved is because Jesus has been interceding for you. Mm. So you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, right? Yes, I hope so. Mm -hmm. Everybody. <laughs> so think about this. Holy Spirit brings something up to you and goes, hey, I don't want you to do that anymore. Mm. You get convicted. I believe this is the interchange. Jesus is there making intercession for you. He's saying, Father, Zach's got this arrogance that I want you to reveal to him. Show him what's going on in his heart, Lord. And so the Father goes, Holy Spirit, reveal this to Zach. Boom, Holy Spirit reveals arrogance in my heart. And I go, I go, Jesus, I'm so sorry for the arrogance in my heart. 
can you help me? I repent. And it's like sometimes we think we're the ones who come up with the idea that we need to change. <laughs> but Jesus has been praying that you would change. Because he intercedes for you to save you to what? The uttermost, which is what Hebrews 7.24 says. So anytime you feel convicted about something, you ought to thank him for his intercession for you. Jesus, thank you. You intercede on behalf of me to save me to the uttermost. Thank you for revealing this area of lying in my heart, this area of deceit, this area of lust, this area of, of gossip, this area of whatever it is. Just let go of, I'm no good, I can't believe I'm doing that. <laughs> no, thank him for revealing it to you because he makes intercession for you so that you're saved to the uttermost. Isn't that a crazy idea to think about? Mm -hmm. Jesus intercedes to the Father. The Father lets Holy Spirit know. Holy Spirit lives right here. Mm -hmm. And Holy Spirit tells me, and I get in agreement, and Jesus is like, I love this. Let's keep this thing going. The more and the more I talk with him, the more I get clued in on what he's been asking the Father to do in me. Mm -hmm. When you ask Jesus about what's going on mm -hmm. in your heart, he already knows it and has already been praying for you in that area. Mm. So good. I, I just, I'm like, oh, so you're, when I start the conversation with this about you, that's not the beginning of the conversation. Jesus mm -hmm. is like, no, me and the Father have been talking about you for a long time. <laughs> and he's so glad over it. He's like, you want to join in on with this, with us on this? We both, all three of us desire this for you. Mm -hmm. You want to walk in purity? You want to walk in freedom? Mm. Why don't you start talking with us about it? We've been talking about it for you. Mm. And now it's coming up in you. Isn't that wonderful? Mm. Mm. See, that just helps me see, oh, you really do like me. Mm. You're not trying to make me feel bad. He goes, no, I'm gentle and lowly. Mm. He goes, that's good. And so I hope that this tonight has just mm. encouraged you and, and even just poked you a little bit to be like, who is this person? We have to know who he is and what he's worthy of and why he's worthy. Mm -hmm. And he's not too good to be true. It's mm. good. There's one more quote I'll read and then we'll end it there. A lot of times we think that Jesus has like a mercy soap tank. You know, like when you push the soap out and wash your hands and it runs out. We think, oh my gosh, there's only a little bit left. Sometimes we treat Jesus' mercy like that, right? But even if you get to live in God's mercy, that it's, it's unfailing. It never ends. So just listen to this uh, quote, and then we'll be done. It says, the glory and happiness of Christ are enlarged and increased still as you come to have the purchase of his death more and more laid forth upon you. So as when your sins are pardoned, your hearts more sanctified, and your spirits comforted, then comes he to see the fruit of his labor and is comforted thereby, for he is the more he's more glorified by it. He is much more pleased and rejoiced in this than, the, than you can be. And this keeps up in his heart his care and love unto his children here below to water and refresh them every moment. 
when you enjoy the forgiveness of God, it, it enlarges his heart. Mm. When we run from him in shame and condemnation and hide, we're out of flow with his heart. Mm. When we step in and receive freely his love and forgiveness and grace and mercy, we are in flow with his heart. And his heart is actually enlarged by you receiving what you don't deserve. So good. You guys, that is radical mm -hmm. for your life. If you mm -hmm. can get that now mm -hmm. in your life, you will live so free from condemnation. I love what Mike Bickle says. Mike doesn't even say out loud that he's guilty or in condemnation. I'm like, whoa, I love that. Mm. Like, it really is that true. Like, I, I'm, I'm in flow with the mercy of God's heart. Like, mm. this, this brings Jesus joy. Mm. Jesus is the head of the body, right? Mm -hmm. We're the body. Mm -hmm. So, if you have a cut on your arm or an infection, do you just, like, does it make you feel better to just leave that alone and let it get worse? Mm. No. That'd be idiotic, wouldn't it? Well, I'm just going to let it do that. Maybe I'll just let my arm fall off and then I don't have to deal with it anymore. Like, no, we treat it. Mm -hmm. When Jesus heals you, it's as if he's healing his own body. Yeah. Like, do you, like what, why do we let so many walls of shame and, mm -hmm. and guilt and condemnation and lies and lies, all this stuff, get between us and him when he's like, no, when I heal you, it's like healing my own body. Yeah. Stop resisting my love and forgiveness that you don't deserve. Yeah. You don't deserve the treatment or the healing, but you're going to get it because you're mine now. Mm -hmm. All of that speaks to how wonderful he is and why he's worthy mm. of night and day prayer mm -hmm. and why he's worthy of the nations bowing before him. Like, it's not right that people don't know who he is like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. This is what scripture says. This, is, this isn't made up. These aren't my ideas. This isn't religion or whatever. This is what scripture clearly states about the man. Mm -hmm. I, I get passionate about it because there's so many lies, you guys, about who he is. And so many people have forsaken him not knowing that he's like, I'm gentle and lowly. Why don't you just freely receive? Yeah. So good. So, Lord, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for what you're doing in our hearts. Lord, I ask that you would reveal to us more about who you are. Lord, thank you that you are so rich in love and your generosity will be talked about forever how you welcomed us in to perfect love. Mm -hmm. Jesus, you are worthy of, it, of everything. You're worthy of night and day prayer. You're worthy of every decision we make that it would honor and, and be loving towards you. It would be a thank you back to you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are to us and that you love us right where we are. We bless you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was so good.